You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey there, this is Danielle. And this is Jamie. Welcome to episode 37 of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. We are so excited to bring you our third episode on GDPR. <laughs> don't turn off, don't turn off. We're kidding, it's not. We're tired of talking about it. So we are gonna talk about something different today. <laughs> we have a happy topic to talk about today. I'm excited about this topic. So what we wanna talk about today, we we just hired our first full-time employee. She is our business manager. Hi, Bree. We love you. And we want to talk to everybody about what our hiring journey looked like, because that's something that we hear so much from people who are in this space and trying to grow and scale their business. They know they need to hire, but they don't know really what the actual process looks like. So that's what we want to talk about today to give you an idea of what that looked like for us and to give you some pointers and perhaps some tips that we learned in process. So the first tip is don't wait so long. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we've said this multiple times on many previous podcast episodes, but um, we waited far, far too long to start looking. I recently spoke on a panel about scaling your business and somebody asked the question, how do you know when to start hiring? And I said, if you ask the question, it means it's too late. You need to start hiring as soon as you have an inkling, actually before the inkling, start planning to hire. It's hard. There is no magic formula. I think Danielle and I definitely learned that very, very quickly about when to hire is a hard one. But in, I think, our experience, the second you think you need somebody, start looking. The process can take a while. That is, that is without a doubt my first piece of advice. And I think that for a lot of people, I am going to put this out there. We have talked, this podcast could be subtitled Danielle's Mindset Issues. I think that I definitely had some mindset stuff with this because I am, Jamie, would you say I'm type A? Um, no. Yeah, Just I a would. little, right? Like maybe a smidge. Smallest bit. Right. Like I have some maybe control issues. And for me, there was a definite part of certain aspects of hiring for the role that we needed because I was really going to have to take a step back and give up control. And there was intense fear for me, like, oh my God, what if we don't find the right person and this gets screwed up and then we're not going to make any money because we're going to lose all of our clients. And it was, as someone recently said on a call with me, it was a worry spiral. And it was like an that. ugly scene. I know. I like that too. And I'm going to use it a lot. 
Um, so I had this sort of paranoia spiral in terms of hiring. And I, this was during the fall, but it got to the point where it was really one of those situations that was like too bad if this is scary, too bad, because we need help. We aren't able to serve people to the best of our ability if we're spending time on sort of that administrative side of things. So that if you are having that fear, it's okay. It will be fine. And once you start delegating, you kind of can't stop. It's like Pringles. It's like Pringles. (laughs) It has really been, I think, delegating for me wasn't so much the issue as sitting down to figure out what we needed, because I think that's the first thing you need to do once you make that initial decision. Okay, I need to hire is, okay, who am I hiring? What are our needs? Um, What is this person going to do? I don't have a problem delegating. That is definitely something I'm I'm awesome at as our Slack True. messages would tell. <laughs> but for me, it's that sort of bigger picture of, you know, what should I be focused on? What should this person be focused on? What should our staff be focused on? How do I get out of the, you know, Danielle and I have talked about this. We both come from an environment of, as service professionals of the billable hour. And so for us, everything is based on that billable hour in the past. It isn't anymore, but it was. And so getting out of that mindset that it's okay to spend some time training somebody. It's okay to spend some time figuring out who, what everyone's role needs to be uh, in order to make more space and time for the service that we love to do, which is working with clients. So sitting down to figure out the needs of your organization, I think is, is the first thing you have to do after you make the decision to hire, who is this person? And then how much am I going to pay this person? I also think one thing that really helped us when talking about what that role should look like was for us to sit down and say, what do we as the leaders of the company, what do we want to be spending our time on? That was a really good exercise, I think. One of the things that we always hear in mastermind groups is take that idea of where do you see yourself in a couple of years? What does it look like in three years? What does it look like in five years? And view yourself there and then start to figure out what is it that I need help with so that I can concentrate all my time on getting to that place. So that's an exercise that I think we went through and we really said, this is what I want my role to look like. This is what Jamie wants her role to look like. And then we were able to kind of fill in the blanks as to what we wanted to do, which was a really, it was helpful. <laughs> it was that, really helpful. As someone who's not a planner, that <laughs> exercise, yeah, right? I know we laugh. Some may say I'm the opposite of type A. Some may say. As someone who's not a planner, that exercise was phenomenal for me. So if we have you know, members of our audience who are like, oh God, I do not like planning. I do not like goal setting. I don't either. And having to sit down and say, what is my dream? Where do I see myself? Where is this going? How does this all fit into what we're doing? That was everything. That solidified everything for me. So I highly recommend taking an hour and just sitting down and almost writing a letter to yourself three years from now saying, I am so impressed that I did X, Y, and Z and that my role is now this and I'm doing this. And it really helps you see what you can hire out and how you could be benefited in order to be more supported by other staff who may be better at doing certain things or my time we we also in masterminds talk about the $10, $100, $1000 tasks 
And that framework is also really good too, because as two people running the company, Danielle and I should really be focused on those thousand dollar tasks. And so how we can find people who can help support us in doing some of the tasks that don't make sense for us to be doing. Now you alluded to something already that I think was another big, scary mindset hurdle. And I think that this is probably the one that most people struggle with. And that's the money. Um, I think it can be really scary to say, okay, I'm finally getting to a point where I'm making money in this business. You know, maybe you're off of your ramen budget and you're moving into, you know, where you feel a little bit better, but you're just saying, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. This is scary. That's That was tough. Um, and for us, we really wanted to attract someone of a certain caliber. So we knew that budget was going to be a big deal for us because I really firmly believe in paying people what they're worth. Um, And so I wanted to make sure we had someone because our clients are everything. And so in hiring someone who might be talking to our clients, it was incredibly important for us to have someone who had high levels of professionalism, who was responsible, who was organized, all of those important things. And so for us, the budget was a really big deal, but it forced us to look at a lot of things in our business, which was really beneficial. One key that I will give you guys, I have told Jamie this particularly recently, many, many times, I find the numbers soothing. I need to be able to make a spreadsheet. I am a spreadsheet nerd. Jamie knows this. Everyone knows this because I basically have it on a t-shirt. What I recommend is think about it realistically. How many hours do you need this person for? What is the likely rate you are going to pay them? And as Jamie said, make it what they're worth. Don't assume that you're going to get somebody who's like $8 an hour who is going to be this intense marketer who can build 9,000 sales funnels. Be realistic is a, a big key there. And then go backwards. What is it that you have to sell to be able to pay them each month if you don't have that extra budget already sitting there? Is that person going to free up enough time in your schedule so that you can then fill that with sales? We found very quickly that that's exactly what happened. Us having more white space gave us the ability to be there for our clients, to do more billable work and to sell more. We haven't seen a negative there if that helps people. (laughs) And we also eased into it. We started slowly, which I think was really helpful for both of us and for Brie and some of the other. Brie, as we we alluded to when Danielle said hi, is our full-time business manager. And um, she is our only full-time employee, although we have a number of other people that work with us on a part-time basis. Bree started off with us part-time to get to know us. <laughs> um, this is a, you know, we work in a unique sort of atmosphere because we're all virtual. And so we had to figure out ways to communicate, to train, to make sure that everybody was comfortable. So that was also helpful, not just from a monetary perspective, but also from the perspective of her getting to know us and us getting to know her. I agree. That was incredibly helpful for me. Let's just say to be able to ease into learning that I like delegation a lot more than I thought I would. So we have talked about kind of the, how do you get there? How do you make the decision? And what we want to tell you about now is the actual process that we used. So once we made the decision to hire, we knew that we needed to capture the role in 
a really different way. We knew we needed a job description. So we worked with Shelly Warren, who if you've listened to episode 25 on building your team, you may know Shelly already. She also hosts the Stack Your Team podcast. We went to Shelly and we said, okay, here's the kind of person we are looking for. Help us find our unicorn. Because for us, it really wasn't just about finding somebody who knows ConvertKit, finding somebody who knows and can help us build systems. It was about finding that very specific person who would fit with us because we are not a typical law firm and we wanted to make sure that we were finding somebody who reflected everything we wanted in our culture. And so, you know, how do you find the unicorn? (laughs) That was our next question. And Shelly's advice, which was excellent and turned out to be the way that we found Brie, was by using our network. Uh, Brie is a friend of a friend. And that was everything for us because we had a personal recommendation about her and then her resume sort of stood for itself. And that was amazing for us. It gave us a sense of comfort that we may not have had. So reach into your network, post it. But I really do recommend working with friends is difficult. I think one of the reasons Danielle and I have been successful in our partnership and with the people that we've hired is because we don't, we weren't, Danielle and I were not friends before we started working together. We've become friends. But no, we haven't. We barely <laughs> like each other. <laughs> we're king. We're more like married at this point. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so it it's definitely going into your network, but looking for friends of friends, that I think makes a big difference because there's a comfort level on both sides, but there's also that business relationship that starts first. There's a professionalism until that wall breaks down and you see that in your Slack messages, but... <laughs> <laughs> But that that was using your network, I think, is is really the best place to start. And so you know what we mean for each of these particulars. If you're like me and you want that sort of tangible thing, when we wrote our job description, we posted it on a page on our website, like you would see typically any company who's doing when they are hiring. And we listed out everything we were looking for, listed out what our next steps were, which we'll talk about in a second. And when we talk about using our network, where are your people? For us, we post it on Facebook. So if your people are somewhere else, post wherever it is that they are. But it made the most sense for us to post it on Facebook. And that's where we never had to look at anything else. We weren't looking at posting on LinkedIn or Indeed. We posted it on Facebook and that was, we got a ton of applications. Yeah. And the beauty of it too was the friend who ended up referring us to Brie doesn't even work in our industry at all. She had worked with Brie at a previous job. So that was kind of nice because we had, um, the network is so much far extended because just, you know, on Facebook for us, we have a lot of professional contacts, but we also have a lot of personal contacts. So it worked out really well. So the next thing that we did, and this was something that Shelly had highly encouraged us to do was to test for key skills throughout every single contact you have with somebody. We needed to make sure that whoever we were hiring was extremely detail-oriented and could read instructions. And I don't mean that to sound patronizing at all because it really is key. Some people are skimmers. I am maybe a bit of a skimmer sometimes. So we needed to make sure that we had someone with that level of being detail-oriented where they could take what we're saying and do it. So we had a very specific subject line. I think it was, I want to work for hashtag legal with an exclamation mark. We had specific documents that we requested. If we didn't get those things, people were immediately out. And we had to exclude so many candidates as a result because we asked specifically for resume. We wanted the subject line and we asked for references in the initial email. That was important. We didn't want a fancy document. 
with references. We just wanted something to go off of. And that was actually part of the test if people included that. Another way that we did that was when we were scheduling our initial interviews, Danielle sent a list of instructions, one of which, and they were very, very simple, one of which was just send us or friend us or as a contact on Skype. And there were two people who didn't do that. And so ultimately we knew that if you can't follow an instruction on an interview, then the skills that we required, organization, responsiveness, all of those things we're probably not going to happen in the job either because let's face it, you put your best foot forward during an interview. And we also had an actual skills test, just a five minute task. And these were not heavy lifting. They were small items. It wasn't as if we were asking someone, you know, I sometimes freelance writers are asked to write like a full presentation. We weren't doing any of that. These were very short, quick little tests that would show us somebody's attention to detail, somebody's organization. And so we had a small little skills test. It took five minutes, but that told us a lot about a person as well. And that was really important because one of the things that this person is applicant was doing was dealing with all of our incoming leads. And that is a key piece of our business. And we are not, we can't mess around with that. Like there's just no room for error when we're talking about people seeking out our services. So we really did make sure that that skills test was that they could keep it organized, that they could look through different types of leads and put it into a spreadsheet. And then really we viewed that as kind of the first round of interviews, even though it wasn't us actually talking to people. After all of those tests, we had a spreadsheet. This person did this correctly, didn't do this correctly, and we ranked it. We looked at the things that were like for the people who really misread directions, they were out at that stage. And then we narrowed the field for our first set of interviews. The interview for me was really all about personality. As Danielle and I joke in pretty much every podcast episode, we have distinct personalities. Some may stay strong personalities. (laughs) (laughs) Some, not all, just some. But we also have a really distinct firm culture. We are, like I said, virtual. And so it definitely takes a special personality that is one, able to stand up to Danielle and I and say, enough, (laughs) knock it off. And two, that would be comfortable in an environment being self-motivated, being able to work at home and get all of the work done as need be, because oddly, neither one of us are really micromanagers. We want to give the instructions and have someone run with it. I have no interest in standing over someone's shoulder. And I really don't, I don't care how it's done or when it's done. I just want it done. And so we needed to make sure that whoever was coming to join us had a personality that would really rise to the occasion and would do well in that environment because not everybody does. And we understood that as well. And plus we wanted someone who would fit. I mean, we, Danielle and I talk all the time. And so (laughs) knowing this person was going to be an integral part of the team, we wanted to know that we were going to be able to all get along. We didn't have to be best friends, but it's much like we tell people when you're hiring a lawyer, it's the same way. You should at least want to have a cup of coffee with them. We got extra lucky because we love Brie. She's awesome. And so we got extra fun with her. Once we did all of the things, I think that for us, yes, the skill set was extremely important, but I also think personality was, I think for me anyway, the heaviest factor that we weighed because again, we needed to be able to trust this person implicitly to handle the things that they were going to handle, but also know that I'm not going to try to then take over half of their job again because I don't like what's happening. And then they just let me like that was, that was definitely a concern. So we really thought that Brie was the right fit for us. And our next step was and we made this very clear during the applications that the person would start as an independent contractor with a three month trial period that we would then 
evaluate after the fact. And this is something that I strongly recommend when you are hiring. Don't automatically go into it hiring the person full time if you can avoid it. If you can hire as a contractor with a trial period, go for it. It was really beneficial for both sides. It also, you know, took a little bit of pressure off of her and evaluating whether we were a fit for her because it does go both ways. You know, the the employee has to be equally as comfortable as the employer for the relationship to really work. So that 90 day period, I think, was key for all of us. And it ended up we were a match. <laughs> it's true. We, what do we say? We swipe right. Yeah. I've been married too long to know what the real terminology is anymore. <laughs> I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So we did. We did. Yes. Our next big step was onboarding. When we look at onboarding, one of the most important things that, and this is again, Shelly is coming up a lot, but Shelly Warren really is a force when she's talking about building a team for your company and setting your what your business culture is going to look like. So one of the very first things that we did was to send a welcome gift. And this may seem somewhat minor, but we wanted to make sure that she knew that she was appreciated and it was a fun little gift card. So we just wanted her to have something that we personally love and enjoy. So, you know, Sephora came into play and um, that was a big piece for us. And then we moved into training. Part of the goal was we wanted to ease her in. So we really focused on very specific things first off. And also because someone had never had this role before. So that's another thing. If you're hiring someone to replace somebody else, that's sort of a different story. The job is set. Here, it was always sort of a moving target. And so we were figuring out, and we were very honest. That's one thing. We were incredibly honest during the whole process, basically saying, take a chance on us, <laughs> figure this out with us, and you can make the role. You can make it what you want. Um, this is what we need and help us because, frankly, she's more of an expert than we are in a lot of these things. Um, and she's so talented that she's able to sort of say to us, like, it, that doesn't make sense. Let's do it this way. And Danielle and I are both like, okay. <laughs> That's fine. So that onboarding process was a lot of give and take, a lot of open communication. Danielle definitely did the majority of that with Brie because as everyone knows, she's far more organized than I am. <laughs> um, but, you know, we certainly, particularly when we started using Slack, I think that made a huge difference in terms of us being able to communicate more easily, more frequently, um, having the different channels. We have different channels with, diff with different people that work with us because Breed, like we said, is not the only person who we work with. I think that was a big part of the process, particularly if you're virtual. You know, you can't just get up and walk into somebody's office. And, you know, we also deal with time zone issues. So there's a lot that factors into play here. And so I think a lot of communication and starting off slowly and letting the person who's working with you feel empowered to make the role theirs. So then, as we mentioned, we had a 90-day starter period. So really, I would say probably around... Around the two-month mark, I mean, I was in love probably within our first training session. I Jamie can probably no go through her text messages and just find a whole lot of things from me with hearts and the word Brie, which my phone would then autocorrect to B, and it got awkward. But <laughs> anyway, so we we knew pretty early on that we wanted her to stay with us. So it was at that stage where we said, okay, we are about to make a pretty big jump here and we needed to talk kind of behind the scenes as to what does that look like? Is this something that makes sense for us to hire her on as a full-time employee versus a part-time contractor? And that was another one of those scary decisions. But I think, I know for me, as soon as we made it, I was like, this is a good decision. This one we made so much quicker. 
it was so fast. I feel like we sat down, we're like, yep, hearts <laughs> were drawn, you know, things were, fireworks went off. We said, she is amazing. She's it. Let's do it. And we just, we just sort of made it happen, which I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of us. We've gotten, we've learned a lot through this process. I think, um, from the beginning till now, we're a lot quicker at making decisions and we get a lot less nervous. So yeah, once we sort of had that behind the scenes conversation, we had a bunch of conversations with Brie and we swiped right. A match was made. Here we are. And it's love. It's true love. Happily ever after, whatever cliche you want to throw in there. I think that you know, I, I don't want to say I regret because it's all part of the journey, right? But I, I do wish we had hired earlier. But in a way, I'm just glad that we ended up where we are with Brie on the team because I think that she has, she is really going to be a part of what makes hashtag legal successful as mm-hmm. we move forward. And I think that it's just, it was so key for us to find that like the one, the business soulmate, the right person for the job and all the steps that we did along the way, I really feel like it got us the person that we needed. This is a giant love letter to Brie. Dear Brie, we love you. Right. <laughs> and Danielle. No, it's uh, I think we promised her a custom wrap that you were going to perform. <laughs> Sorry, Brie. Sorry, GDPR has me a little tired and I've had to tire <laughs> my wrapping. I've never wrapped a day in my life. Nobody wants to hear that. But we do. I do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, yes, I agree with you, Danielle. I, it was definitely a longer. We should have done it sooner, but we may not have. I feel like it happened when it, when it was supposed to happen. And I, I feel really good about it. And I'm excited about some of our other staff that we're working with as well. And for when ultimately, hopefully they'll come on full time with us. It's exciting stuff. We're grown up business owners now, friends. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so yeah, so that's pretty much our download on the actual hiring process, like the inside <laughs> of how it all went down. I'm sure many of you who know us or have listened to us <laughs> know about what those notes must have been like to each other. <laughs> but it worked out really well and we're incredibly grateful and excited about the journey. So if anyone has questions for us about what the process looked like or really any step along the way, please feel free to come into the HQ. Let us know. If you're not a member already, go to businessease.com slash HQ. We will tag Brie in this post and she's probably going to be like, what did you do? Um, so so everybody can say hi because um, Brie is in the HQ with us. Um, we are so happy to have her on board with us full time. Yes. And send Brie your best gift in the HQ. She oh. is a lover of gifts and I think uh-huh. she will greatly appreciate it. So we want to see everybody's best welcome gift to Brie. You um, know I'm going to say GIF, so it's okay. I know. I don't know what to call it. GIF, We're a house GIF. divided, friends. We, we are I, divided. I, I write it as I, as it's spelled, I guess. It could go either way. No, yeah. it can't. I know. I know. I hear you. <laughs> For show notes, you can go to businesses.com slash episode 37. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessease.com. 
We'd really love to hang out with you in our Facebook group, The Businesses HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.